right, next storyteller. It's next storyteller. Your next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Hello, and welcome to The Narrators. This podcast collects stories from our live events, where people share true stories based on a theme. Hey there, it's Ron. Today's story comes from Debbie Shear. For this episode, I'm just going to dive straight into my co-host Aaron Rollman's introduction at the live show. Just keep in mind as you're listening that this story was recorded live at Bumport Theater in December 2019, almost 16 months ago. The theme of the evening was ritual. Um, you're a next storyteller. I'm super excited to have uh, her back on the narrators. I'm not even really sure how to introduce her because she is just sort of like an all-around entertainer person. Uh, she produces and performs in some uh, amazing, uh, usually comedy shows, I would say. That would be accurate. Um, she's an auctioneer, like for real, which is so cool. And she emcees events and she's a storyteller. And she's also, I happen to know from the internet, a Sam's Club connoisseur. Please welcome to the stage, Debbie Shear. It's Costco, it's Costco. I'm so ashamed. I, I don't even know what to do right now. I don't even know what to do. I feel frozen. Oh my gosh. And I happen to know from not reading the internet very carefully, she's a Costco connoisseur. Please welcome the stage, Debbie Sheehan. A member since 79. (laughs) Um, My family, we had a ritual that we really went to for the big and the scary shit. And that was the ritual of silence. Anybody else know that? Any other Jews in the room? Because I'm fairly certain if you're a Jew, you are very comfortable with not talking about hard shit. No? I'm the only Jew who's a Costco member. I find that hard hard to believe. Fine. It's fine. Anywho, I mean, you know, when my mom got cancer, silence. Someone attempted suicide, silence. When I wanted to talk about the Holocaust, well, you just didn't talk about the Holocaust in my family. I was like, I feel like we should be talking about this to maybe prevent it from happening again, but that's fine. And when I, as a white mom, adopted a black child, That was a double silence because I did it twice. (laughs) So, yeah. And it's it's okay, just so you know. It's like, I can talk about white privilege because some of my best friends are white. (laughs) So, you're fine. We're all going to be fine. And in case you can't tell, I'm a white lady, just for the record. And I have two boys who are black. And my oldest is 12 and a half, and he has a super deep voice, and he's got a size 11 men's shoe, and he's really tall, and he's in puberty, and he's just a raging asshole. (laughs) But when he was a baby, 
he was really cute <laughs> and super cuddly and yummy. And people would tell me that all the time. He's so adorable. And then I noticed as he aged, that stopped. And what would normally be replaced would be that he's handsome, because my son is fucking handsome. I'm just going to say that for the record. <laughs> Which I have nothing to do with it, so I don't even know why I acted like, you know, look at this, of course he's handsome. I mean, that's just the way it is. And But, you know, what's weird is that I still think he's adorable and yummy and squishy and all that good stuff. And instead of hearing that he's handsome, what's happened is that most of society now looks at him through the lens of being a threat to society. And I knew this would happen, and everybody who is a parent of a black kid knows this would happen. So it wasn't a matter of if, but it was a matter of when. And so I'm here to tell you that the when has, is now for our family. And I can't control this lens, and that scares the shit out of me, and it's beyond dirty, and because of its filth, it doesn't allow the viewer to see things clearly. And it's through this lens that people believe that young black men can't be trusted, that they're up to no good, and that they're dangerous. And I could go on, but I think most of us in here get the point. And I get it. I get it that nobody in here would intentionally harm my son. I get it that nobody would pick up a gun and shoot my son. Trust me, I'm a white woman raising black children. And as a result of my whiteness, I wear this like super cozy layer of white privilege. And because of that privilege, I hold a shit ton of hidden bias. And so I can say with 100% confidence that if you're white, you do too. I'm a white woman who has black children, and I would, without question, throw myself in front of a bus if it meant to save their life. But yet I continue to function and contribute to a society that was built to, at best, keep my children down, and at worst, intentionally harm them, and by harm, I mean kill. Now, I could say, we as white people are all racist as fuck, but that would like that little uncomfortable giggle would like then turn into something way bigger. And so I'm not going to do that. I know I'd lose so many people, so we'll save that for another time. <laughs> Have me back and we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps what I'll say in an effort to make people more comfortable and less squirmy would be that all white people engage in racist behaviors. And I don't know you, but I'm assuming since you're at the show, you're pretty cool. You're probably a little bit more liberal. Um, I'm assuming that you're wanting to contribute to a better world, and by better world, I mean a world where we're actively working to dismantle racist systems, and that you too are on the struggle bus when it comes to recognizing and owning up to your own white privilege, your own racist behaviors. And I didn't call you a racist. It's okay. But as a white woman who's constantly grappling with my inherent privilege, I understand that racism and white privilege is not an easy thing to stare down head on and with eyes wide open. Stop being so dramatic. This is what my own family says, and a lot of friends. Nobody's trying to harm your kids. Is it really dramatic to worry that my 12-year-old might be harmed walking home from middle school when Trayvon Martin was murdered for an iced tea and Skittles? 
I mean, just look up the names of young black men who were murdered for being black, and better yet, look up the young black men who were killed but didn't make the news because it's not newsworthy, because when something happens all the time, it stops becoming newsworthy. But I don't see color. I love everyone unconditionally. I judge people by their heart and not their skin. I grew up poor, Debbie. I get it. That one never made sense to me. I was like, what? Didn't you watch the fucking Cosby show? <laughs> I grew up in a mostly black neighborhood, so I was the victim of reverse racism. And if your son isn't doing anything, then he shouldn't be in danger. That was my neighbor. Just going to say that. Full stop. He probably shouldn't wear a hoodie, you know, just to be safe. And he should pull his pants up higher. He for sure shouldn't walk with his hands in his pockets. Tell him to make eye contact and smile, but not too much eye contact because that might make people nervous. Tell him not to wear headphones because then he won't hear people behind him. And if someone stops to ask him a question and it appears he is inten intentionally ignoring them, they might get upset and do something. Well, he could hang out in that coffee shop until you pick him up. Oh, never mind, not that coffee shop because they might not realize that he's a customer and they're going to be pissed because he's making other people nervous. He could ride his bike to and from school, but tell him on the way home he can't stop anywhere because then he has to lock up his bike. And while he's locking up his bike, someone might think that he's stealing a bike. I could go on and on. The point is, our black children, specifically our black male children, are not safe. My 12-year-old black son is not safe. He's not safe walking home from school, riding his bike. And I'm sorry if that doesn't sit well, but it really doesn't sit well with me. So what are we going to do about it? Like, when I say we, I mean, like, white liberal people, right? Like, us. And if you claim to be a social justice warrior, then I hope you're a warrior, and please stop using that word, <laughs> first off. For young black boys, for all black humans, and here's my request to everyone who identifies as white and liberal, please start to do the uncomfortable work of meeting your white privilege. Like, get intimate with it. Like, fuck the shit out of it, basically, <laughs> is what I'm asking you to do. Um, and learn how it shows up and negatively impacts those around you. And if you've already started to fuck your white privilege, then keep going. And don't stop when it gets painful or uncomfortable. Just add more lube or whatever you need to do to keep fucking it. And a sure sign that you're doing the work is that the shit is painful and uncomfortable, and then let's talk, but not the feel-good pat on the back, way to go, rah-rah talk, but the down-and-dirty, do-the-work kind of talk. Because we all need to change the lens that we use to view black males, and we can only do it, only do it, if we collectively agree to shatter the silence that we ritualistically engage in when it comes to white privilege. Thank you. Keep it going for Debbie Shear.
The Narrators is produced by me, Ron Doyle, and Aaron Rollman, with help from Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, Scott Carney, and Sydney Crane. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Bumport Theatre Company, Illegal Pete's, From the Hip Photo, and Great Divide Brewing Company. Our theme music is by Whalehawk, and we'd also like to thank The Milk Blossoms, who provided the outro music you're listening to right now. You can find a link to their music in the show notes for this episode. Our live shows take place every third Wednesday of the month. You can find more information about those shows on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at our website, thenarrators.org. Please take a moment to share one of our stories with a friend. We'll be back next Friday with a new episode. Until then, thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Ah!